Zeit ist in der Kleinstadt Winden ein Junge auf mysteriöse Weise verschwunden. Guten Abend an alle da draußen. Ihr hört Radio Winden, Winden's number one radio station since 1953. We're turning it over to the Dark Three, only on Radio Winden. Hello and welcome to Radio Winden. It is us, the Dark Three. We have some emails to read today, ladies. Uh, hello. Uh, uh, hello. How are <laughs> hello. you? Excellent. Thank you. Excellent. All right. So this is our last Radio Winden. Yeah. I believe. Yeah. Yeah. So <laughs> we're going to do our best to read as many emails as we can today remaining in our inbox. But want to start by saying thank you so much yeah. to everyone who emailed us during our run with the podcast. Yes. Absolutely overwhelmingly positive wonderfulness. So thank you so much. Just an amazing experience. Like we were just going to sit down and do this for us and, you know, maybe like four or five people that might find it. And uh, we, we never really, we never expected to get this many emails and to even need to do a radio win. And as you probably know, because you remember episode <laughs> one where we were saying we would be reading... Um, you know, uh, emails as they came in on the regular episodes. And then we needed to create a whole new Radio Wind In uh, episode <laughs> so that we could read everything. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. So yeah, it's been, it's been very special. Thank you very, 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 very much. And if you're listening to this after we've completed all the episodes, then thank you too for listening. Yeah. And uh, you can keep emailing us. I'm sure yeah, that yeah. we will yeah. still be reading them. Just not on the air, but it means a lot to us that you share your love of the show with us. So, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. all right. So let's get crack a lackin. Now, as for some emails, we do have an email from Christopher. I'm going to read a little bit of it. And then what we're going to do is we're going to finish off the email in our very last episode because I think it's really applicable to the ending of the yeah, podcast and time travel and time travel. So that's what we're going to be doing there. I just discovered your podcast on Reddit thanks to a user I highly respect who mentioned your interpretation in the A Closed Loop episode, so I rushed to listen. First, I'm pleasantly surprised by the topic you address when the second half of the podcast starts about Jonas pulling the trigger five fucking times. That was so overkill. Yeah, I agree so much with you all. We got the message and that event does point to a magical time force, even though a gun jamming five times is physically possible. When asked, why can't there be any paradoxes? The answer shouldn't be time does not permit it or the law of time or something like that. Time is not a force that prevents paradoxes. Paradoxes are not permitted because they entail violations of the fundamental laws of logic. I also love this Ludovician type of time travel in which the past cannot change and so causal loops can be formed. So I fell in love with the show almost immediately and admired their consistency during the first two seasons. The third season got a bit flimsy, but especially because of the lack of explanations, because I believe it still can be explained. They go from the past cannot change time travel. I'm curious. He linked can be explained and then linked to a Reddit thread called Dark's Three Models of Time Travel. Ooh. All right. Well, this seems like Let's a go. very, very deep. Are we deep diving on this Reddit thread? Oh my gosh. That's... <laughs> That looks I amazing. Think that I don't we think we have to in the show notes, but yes, let's, let's link it in the show notes. <laughs> but I, I want to see, I want to see kind of like what can we summarize? The common argument against the possibility of time travel goes like this changing the past is impossible. Time travel necessitates changing the past. 
Therefore, time travel is impossible. So the first model, self-consistent time travel, is the primary model that results when using any of the time travel devices that appear in the show sends a character back and forth across a same immutable timeline. In this way, time travel is in fact logically possible without changing the past and so attacks the second premise. The second model is the branching time travel, and that depends on using the loophole at any of the two apocalypses that occur and branches the universe, sending duplicates of the characters in different directions. It may attack the first or the second premise, depending on how conservative or liberal we are about what exactly change implies. The third and last model, winding time travel, is an exception unique to the travel to the origin world and needed in order to accomplish their goal of erasing what is known as the knot. It changes the past and so takes the first premise head on. So yeah. the first model, which is the self-consistent, is also known as the Ludovician or Vician or Vician model, however that's properly pronounced. So this is super interesting. I definitely want to link to this because I will read through the whole thing. Yes. But yeah, yeah, that's pretty cool. And we'll link that in the show notes too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. This email comes from Mark. Hello, Hi, Mark. Mark. Hi, Mark. Hi, Dark3. I hope you're doing well. Hard to believe you only have a few episodes left. Your last couple have been particularly great. Thank you for your consistent excellence and fun. Oh, oh that's so nice. I know. I agree with your assessment on Claudia. What a brilliant character. And clearly, Jonas to Adam is a significantly more flawed character. I did want to point out some brilliant logic as usual in the writing. Imagine being a teenager, one whose father just killed himself, and being thrust into completely nutty time travel with a save-slash-destroy-the-world life for the rest of your life. Yeah. I really feel like when you watch Jonas walk away from the fight with Bartosh in the rain at school, he is essentially walking away from any semblance of a normal life and into the path of Adamness. Yeah, <sighs> for sure. Yeah. For sure. Yeah. Claudia also has an incredible shock to her life and undertakes a lifetime path of battling time. The differences are significant. First of all, she's in her 40s rather than a teenager. She is sophisticated, educated, and experienced. Her mission is a mature mission to save her daughter. Jonas never grows from a teenager who basically had a one-night stand with Marta and doesn't have much else to drive his lifetime mission. And let's be kind, but he is quite a bit less intelligent than Claudia. Yeah. I mean, she's a mastermind, so yeah, yeah. she's <laughs> true. Amazing. She's really, 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 really good. I do think that that's actually a really interesting parallel I hadn't quite caught before. You know, Jonas is super young and I wonder if it's exploring loss in stages. I mean, we know, we know Dark explores loss in a lot of different ways, but I just find it interesting that there is the loss of a daughter and also the loss of a parent in those two specifically, especially because they're fighting against each other to do the time travel. Yeah. Anyway, the writers never let us down with their brilliant details and ensuring the story is consistent with those details. Be well, Mark. Thank, Thank you, Mark. Mark. Oh, thanks so much. Thank you. Okay. This one came from Mihaela. Oh my God. <laughs> what? Who are these cuties? <laughs> we asked for pet pictures, didn't yeah, we? we got yeah. them. Oh. Yeah. oh my God. I love the caps. Okay. All right. Let's go. <laughs> Mihaela says, disclaimer, this is more of a personal email but you can do whatever you want with it. The email isn't really relating to dark themes or any ideas. It's more of a sharing of my experiences and feelings when listening to you, the dark three and Nocturne. Oh, okay. I just listened to the new episode behind blue eyes where you read out both of my emails and I feel like fangirling. Oh my God. Thank you so much for all the love towards my emails and everyone else's. 
I freaked out so many times about the new discoveries. I don't even understand. Every time there's a new revelation about Dark and the Red Thread or the cat or the box or literally any of it, I freak out along and I'm sure everyone else does too. It's such a euphoric feeling listening to all this information in detail and then at the end be like, holy shit, what just happened? I have goosebumps and I'm near tears because of how crazy this is. I did actually cry at a couple of episodes because I do get emotional very easily. Wow. I cried at the one where you were sharing details about your own lives, where you were also crying, cried during the Doris and Agnes episode just because of how beautiful it was and then a bunch of others. There's also been three separate occasions where I've been driving and listening to your podcast. And because I happen to be alone at every mind blow moment, I simply scream like I pause the (laughs) podcast and I'm sitting there driving, screaming and racking my brains out thinking, what, what am I going to do now that I know this information? I want to tell the whole world about this. Everyone needs to know. How do people outside of this living room not know? How do they live with that? (laughs) I have my my little what moment and then I'm like, it's okay. It's fine. And carry on listening. You guys are unbelievable. Another thing. What drugs did you put in Nocturne? I can't stop listening. I made it past the Lucky Rabbit episode. And I have to say, I don't think I've ever worked out so hard in the gym before. (laughs) (laughs) Oh... (laughs) I was listening to Nocturne and you know how that episode makes you feel. I was feeling that in the gym by myself and I didn't know what to do with myself. So I had to like face the wall so many times I couldn't deal with it. So I just went ham on every set I could. What am I meant to do when I'm mid set and something absolutely crazy happens and it's also organic to the plot and characters? I freak out. Anyway, thank you so much for reading this chaotic email. I hope it finds you well. So much love for you all. Please wash your piss mittens, Mihaela. P.S. Here is my hamster watching dark with me. A double rainbow I took a picture of to celebrate Pride Month and my two dogs because I just love them. Also Nocturne. Oh my God. Yeah. Mihaela. We fucking love this. Oh my God. <laughs> Hello to the pups. Oh my gosh. Also, I'm so this glad you're Sam. enjoying Nocturne. Oh, that's Sam. <sighs> and this is Mia. Mia. Oh gosh. Look at Mia sweeping. Oh, so cute. Sam's cute face. <laughs> I just want to squish. Squish, squish, squish. Oh man. So Thank you so much what for emailing, lovely emailing email. us. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Incredible. What is happening? Yeah, I don't know. I try not to think about it, to be honest. I don't think I've ever seen such a concrete, you are affecting someone somewhere just like you that is listening to your stuff and watching your stuff. And I'm freaking out. That's really cool, dude. (laughs) It's the coolest, dude. Yeah. You okay? Yeah, I just, yeah. Wow. I, I, yeah, I'm, I'm good. I'm so glad that you like Nocturne. It's more time travel BS. Very good. Man, the internet is super cool. Yeah. It's kind of what where I'm at right now. I think it also just speaks to like if you make stuff that you're excited about, that you put yourself into and yeah. that you want to watch, like it resonates with people. Yeah. Yeah. And also just, you know, the entire email felt like, you know, this this kindred connection because I'm the same way. I cry super easily and all these things. And it was just like neat to see another human that interfaces with the world pretty much the same way I do, you know, reacting and then, you know, sending such a loving and uh, passionate email. And I think it's always scary to think, well, I'm going to go ahead and, you know, email the the people that, you know, I'm listening to this podcast and I want to email them and to be able to do that and know that the email will be received in the same way 
with the excitement in which you're sending it to is a unique experience. And I just kind of got just time stopped for me for a second while we were reading through that. Very cool. Okay. This email comes from Mark, a different Mark, but a Mark nonetheless. Hello, Dark Three. Hi, Mark. Hi, Mark. Hello, Mark. Thank you for the continued brilliant conversations. You continue to feed my dark addiction since I can't just watch it over and over. Can I? (laughs) (laughs) I have a couple of things I wanted to touch on. First, I enjoyed the discussion on the last Rydia Winden about the eye colors. Just for grins, I went back and looked at the actors who played Sonia and Merrick. They both have blue eyes in real life. Still, I like the thought process. I also wanted to bring a conversation I have often with people and have seen others make. I believe this is quite consistent with your brong moment about Schrodinger's cat slash box. Many people on Reddit and elsewhere seem to have some issues with the end, and I feel like in some ways the origin world is a deus ex machina. I don't agree. The clues have been there all along. Also, I believe, Mm -hmm. as you said, that the show is about reaction to catastrophic loss. The whole show ultimately comes out of HGT's reaction to the death of his family members in the car accident. He's in such grief that he reaches back into the crazy time travel theories of his distant relatives and builds a machine to fix his grief. The machine is not so much a time machine. It is a machine designed to save his family. Input, save my family. Process, his world temporarily ended and two new worlds created. Lots of crazy stuff happens that fill the content of most of the show. Output, family is saved. Effective machine. (laughs) I don't believe that this perspective on things rolls out debate on a variety of matters, such as were they saved every time or is it a loop? Personally, I believe there is only one time and they are saved. Per your Schrodinger's cat theory, this is not known to be the case until the audience observes it, making it so. People also get so hung up on the fact that once the accident is prevented, then time travel is not invented. Therefore, none of this could have happened in the first place. I find this similar to some discussions about the ending of the 12 Monkeys show, no spoilers. These things can coexist. Marta and Jonas existed as this happened linearly. We saw it. But after the fact, they can never have existed. But they did exist. I'm good with all of that. Anyway, thank you. Keep up the good work. I listen to you on Apple Podcasts. You can read this if you wish. I'm probably older than your average listener, but great storytelling is ageless. I can't wait for 1899. I hope that you three will do a podcast about that show if it lives up to all of our expectations. Mark. Mm. Mark! Thank you, Mark. so lovely. That was so so good. You make such a good point. It is an effective machine. It did exactly what he built it to do. Yep. Yep. (laughs) He's a really good scientist. Yeah. But also, I really like the, I just want to hone in on these things can coexist. Because boy, is that my mantra right now in life. Mm -hmm. Just remembering that it doesn't have to be one way or the other. It's not this extreme or that extreme. Both things can coexist. Both things can be true. Yeah. And I feel like we spend a lot of our time in 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 our life trying to make sure that we are labeling things and properly identifying them and putting them into a box. And um, sometimes we accidentally close doors where they should just be left open. Multiple doors can be opened all at once. So yeah, I I like that. Yeah. I like that a lot. Okay. Next email. Mm -hmm. Okay. So this email comes from Bjorn. Dear Dark Three, your podcast episode as above, so below, Hermeticism and Dark led me to some finds which might support some of your theories on hermetic, occult, esoteric symbolism and themes in Dark. It has been noted elsewhere that the name H.G. Tanhouse is an allusion to author H.G. Wells, who wrote the science fiction novella The Time Machine, which popularized the concept of purposeful time travel and coined the term time machine. 
Wells also wrote the novel When the Sleeper Awakes about a man who sleeps for 203 years, waking up in a completely transformed world. The main character awakes to see his dreams realized and the future revealed to him in all its horrors and malformities. In the novel, the main character, The Sleeper, also sees an adaptation of the story of Tannhäuser. Tannhäuser was a German poet and songwriter slash singer of the 13th century. His biography is obscure, but he became the subject of a legendary account, which makes Tannhäuser a knight and poet who found the Venusberg mountain of Venus, the subterranean home or cave of Venus, and spent a year in this other world, parallel universe, worshipping the goddess. In the legend, Tannhäuser's female counterpart is Elizabeth, the daughter of a local noblewoman. Alistair Crowley adapted the legend in his play Tannhäuser, A Story of All Time in 1901. I seek the mystery of life and time, the key of all that is not and that is, and that which imagination climb transcends them both the mystical abyss, where mind and being marry and are bliss. Mm. In the preface to Tannhäuser, A Story of All Time, Crowley states that Tannhäuser was one of those mysterious Germans whose reputed existence so perturbed the Middle Ages, in short, a Rosicrucian. So if we remember, the Rosicrucians were like a big hermetic. Mm -hmm. They were uh, a subsect, I believe. There is more to be explored here. Everything is connected. I'm sad to hear these are the last few episodes of your wonderful podcast. Best wishes, Martin. Oh my God, Martin, that's... I can't believe we haven't talked about that already. H.G. Uh, Wells? I think, yeah, we hadn't talked about H.G. Wells, which was super interesting. And it's one of those things where you're looking in one direction and you just kind of miss something that might be right in front of you, like the red light. Mm-hmm. But what I also find super interesting is the last line in this email. One of those mysterious Germans whose existence so perturbed the Middle Ages, right? Mm-hmm which really makes me think about the ending. And we know they went through and looked at all of this stuff. We know they did. I feel like this is something, plus with the Elizabeth, and I don't think we found a reference to her name. No. You know what, Martin? This may just be, in my head canon, the reference as to where Elizabeth got her name. Because I I remember we went through their names and I remember being like, ooh, and this could mean this and this could mean that. And this name's probably a reference to this fictional myth or story. And this one's this one. And we couldn't figure out Elizabeth. Mm -hmm. And this just might be it. Thank you. There is definitely more to be explored here. Everything is connected indeed. Also the Tanhouse name. The fact that H.G. Wells wrote this book about a man who sleeps and wakes up to a completely transformed world. And then... In the novel, the main character also sees an adaptation of the story of Tannhauser. So like, yeah. it seems connected. I can imagine the creator sitting down with their reading list and reading through a book and it just leading them to these names. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, yeah for, sure. for sure. Super, super cool. Very Thank you so cool. much for writing yeah, yeah, us, yeah. Martin. Yeah, thanks, Martin. Thank you. Okay, we got a lovely couple of emails from Leah and we're going to read the second one. Hey, there's me, Leah, again. Ha ha. <laughs> Hi, Leah. Hi, Leah. You guys actually really encouraged me to use my little brain cells more when it comes to dark. So I wanted to rewatch it with a few things in mind you guys mentioned. But as I was watching it, I came to the realization that I think I have a theory for the whole idea of this series. Because of the determinism and time travel paradoxes, I wondered how anyone could change a single thing in the timeline. I was especially confused about Claudia's success to change the timeline because previously Jonas was not able to shoot himself. So in my view, anything, anything is predetermined, no free will. 
all the happenings and characters just exist as the solution for Tannhaus's problem. So I thought maybe we are just watching how Tannhaus's traveling machine calculates or changes the previous car crash of his family by creating two more worlds that will bring the solution in the end. So everything's happening in season one and two and three are not changeable. Just the whole story, how Tannhaus's machine undoes the car crash. I think this is so tragic. I want to cry. Like all these characters I love are just a symbol for all the feelings Tenhouse has had, as you previously discussed, and only serve the purpose to bring back his family. I hope mm. you get what I mean. My English is a bit rusty and I'm still too overwhelmed by all the facts and details from the show and your podcast. I'm not as smart as you guys. I'm going yeah. to disagree with you on that one based on yeah. what you just said. Yep. But yeah. And I'm still in awe of what kind of connections y'all find. Have a nice weekend. Goodbye from rainy Germany. Cheers. Cheers. Vielen Dank. Vielen Dank, Leah. Um, also, I totally, Leah, I thought you were a native speaker. I did too. Yep. Yeah. So just like, thought I'd throw that out there. Wow. Yep. Mm-hmm. I actually really like that idea, even though it is tragic and it does make you want to cry. That was my theory as well, or something similar to it until Acorn blew my mind with the, uh, it's not until it's observed that it yeah. changes. God, now yeah. that is my, that is my headcanon. Nothing can convince me otherwise. <laughs> um, so because I feel like you've just emailed this four days ago, I wonder if you've gotten there yet, perhaps. Oh yeah, maybe. Yeah. Cause I do really like this, but I feel like when you get to the Schrodinger episode, you're going to be happy because it's not quite so tragic that way anymore. It's yeah. no longer tragic. But yeah, I love this. Thank you so much, Leah. Yeah, thank you, Leah. Thank you. Okay. Dear Dark Three, this email comes from Martin. Here is a little factoid you might enjoy regarding the name Tiedemann. Bear with me. Writer Yanti Friese has inserted her family name, Friese, into Dark by way of naming the character of Elizabeth's boyfriend, Yasin Friese. Mm-hmm. In German, the word Friese refers to someone from Frisia, which is a cultural region in Germany and the Netherlands, along the southeastern corner of the North Sea. The region is traditionally inhabited by the Frisians, a West Germanic ethnic group. In the Frisian language, there are several related dialects. Tida or Tid means, you guessed it, time. Time man? Time. Tiedemann yeah. means time, time man? man? Yeah. Shut oh my the God. fuck up. Dude, that <laughs> is so cool. That is yeah, ridiculous that is... and I love it. And thank you so much because I would have never known that. I would have never known yep. that. Also, I love that. I love, 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 love that... Uh, she slipped her family name into the show. I think that's a really cool detail that I also didn't pick up on. Yeah, super, super cool. Yeah, that's very cool. Over the years, I've listened to all sorts of podcasts, but never before have I written to any of them. The fact that this is my third email to you goes to show for me that there is something special about you. Not only do I find your discussions intellectually and emotionally stimulating, but I feel that the way you so openly speak about yourselves somehow challenges and encourages me to think about how all the different subjects you talk about relate to my own life on a personal level. Thank you for that. My God. Yeah. Wow. I'm, Um, (laughs) my eyes are watering. Um, (laughs) While I appreciate the concept of having only 33 episodes, I cannot help but feel sad that this wonderful podcast is coming to an end. Uh, This email comes from Robin. Robin has a few questions, but we're going to read a couple of questions and I'm curious to hear what you guys have think and also listeners let us know. Mm-hmm. Okay. Robin asks, Tront, what the fuck is going on with Tront? Mm-hmm. How did he escape the apocalypse in 2020? We know he and Peter had the book of Claudia's, but only Charlotte got the warning to be in the bunker, which she shared mm-hmm. with only Peter. We did not see Tront in the bunker. It was only Noah, Claudia, Regina, Peter, and Elizabeth. Did he just magically survive? And where is Yana? 
Did he ditch her knowing what was coming so he could be with Claudia? He's in 2021 post-apocalypse where he smothers Regina, but it is 2040 Claudia who takes Trant to Regina's future grave and tells him he must do this to end her suffering. So how is Trant moving through time without any devices or cave door? Holy shit. That's a great question. Yeah, there are some really good questions in here. Honestly, like I think they're neat to just pause it as our final radio wind in, as our send off. Like, I think this is great. I like this one too. When Hannah shows up in 1911 with Celia, she's carrying the time travel suitcase, except that suitcase can only go to 1953, 86, or back to 2019. So how did she get to 1920? It's a good, these are good questions. I love it. And yeah, while I do think maybe some of them might be plot holes, some of them might have answers. And for us, the podcast might be coming to an end, but this might be something to write down. Maybe, maybe we'll put some of these questions out there. Yeah. Robin, so that everybody can go back through and one last time and, and have these to do it with. Ooh, where in the hell did the name Talber come in to play with Hanno? It shows up nowhere in the show. Do we have any idea why his last name was Tauber? Interestingly, Taub in German means death. Thoughts? Yeah. See no evil, hear no evil, speak no evil. And also just the fact that he, he doesn't know, he doesn't have the full picture. Yeah. That's interesting. Yeah, that's that's really, really interesting. I'd also like to point out Regina wears glasses in 86 and in 2019 because I was like, I think Wohler is the only character who actually wears glasses in this show. Yeah. And we think that Wohler has kind of a, a thing going on yeah. with him. Mm-hmm. So yeah, anyway. Similar to what we just talked about with Celia and Hannah in the suitcase, Noah too. When Elizabeth is stolen in 2041, Robin points out, Noah is so angry he leaves and travels to 1920. But at that time, there was no cave passage. There was no machine. They were actively trying to get the only method, the God particle working. So how did he travel? Yeah. Oh my God. These are such good questions. (laughs) Well, but the thing is, you have to remember that they can travel at any time. They can wait to travel when the God particle is fixed, right? It doesn't have to be... Yeah, I think by the time they get to the last season, it's pretty clear that there's enough time travel devices and stuff in the mix that there are many options. Yeah. Cool. Such great questions. Yeah, really, really, really good questions. So that's it for Radio Winden this week. We hope that you enjoyed it. We hope that you have a wonderful week. Keep an eye out for our next episode coming out. It could be a part two to this final Radio Winden. As we try to get through everyone's emails, we just appreciate that you wrote us in so much that we just yeah. don't want anyone to be left out. Yeah, we're um, trying our best. But mm-hmm, thank you yeah. so much, everybody. We really yeah, appreciate thank it. Thank you. Thank you so much. And bye. Bye. Uh, bye. Thank you for tuning into Radio Winden. See you next time.